We're going to read Revelation 22. Then I'm going to uh, play, or I'm not going to play. We're going to hear a track from Phil Wickham. Um, while you're going through Revelation, if, you, if you're able to listen to that album from Phil Wickham about heaven and earth, I tell you, every song when you think about Revelation in that, in that album is a real, um, is a real faith booster. And he's not paid me anything to say that. I don't even know him. <laughs> Chapter 22 of Revelation. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, I've sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. 
And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The spirit of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Or the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Let's hear that track. It will set us up or tee us up nicely for the teaching on this chapter. Wonderful. The words of that song are quite incredible, aren't they? They really, uh, they draw out of me. I love that bit where he cries out in the songs, uh, I want to be with you. And, uh, and that's what the book of Revelation is meant to uh, stir up in our hearts that we're, we're crying, I want to be with you. I can't wait for that day when I actually go to be with the Lord. And uh, I've already planned mine, my day. I've already said to the Lord what I want to happen on the day that I go to be with him. Um, and if he doesn't come before I die, okay, I want to actually be preaching the gospel, having just finished the message, and hundreds of people to be pouring forward, giving their lives to Christ, and then the heart attack hits me, bang, and I hit the floor, watching them coming forward, dead, arrive in heaven, into a party, because there's a party over every believer who turn, every unbeliever who turns to Christ. I join a party, I'm in heaven, I'm with the Lord. That's a good plan, isn't it? And uh, if you could join me in that prayer, that would be wonderful. Um, uh, might even be this morning, you never know. <laughs> And, and, and there's meant to be that eager expectation. Um, uh, I did a funeral for a dear friend just a month ago. Uh, she's somebody had a deep impact on Anna, actually. She was Anna's uh, junior church teacher when Anna was a, was a little girl. And, and this lady um, died of cancer. And I saw her just before she died. And she said to me, just hardly able to speak, her body was wasted away, her eyes were gleaming. And she said to me as I grabbed her hand, she said, see you in heaven. And it was said like that. It was that sense of, any time now, I'm going to be with the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? That's what this book is meant to do to us. See, these people at this time, when this book was written, uh, they weren't actually praying things would continue. They were praying that Christ would come. They were desperate for the return of Christ. They wanted to be fished out of this terrible world, the persecution they were going through. And they were, what they could anticipate on earth was more suffering, more pain, more temptation, more friends being swept away, more people being imprisoned, more illness, more sickness. They, that's all they could anticipate on earth. So their absolute prayer, which is prayed at the very end of this chapter, is, Come, Lord Jesus! That's the cry at the end of, of Revelation. You see, when you, we start to think about this, and we're just introducing this, when we start to think about this, this is what we're told in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. The ancients were commended for. The ancients being the first men and women who lived on this earth. The predecessors of the, even the old covenant being established. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and before them. 
This is what they were commended for, the fact that they saw eternity. Hebrews chapter 11, tell you turn to me with it and you'll see. They were commended for having that same anticipation, waiting for his arrival. Even before Christ had come the first time, they were waiting for his second coming in the, in the old covenant. And we can read about it. In, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, um, these in, in verse 13, these all died in faith, those people I've mentioned, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they'd been thinking of the land from which they'd gone out, from Iraq, where, where Abraham had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared for them a city. You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. Whatever your age this morning, you're going somewhere. If you've got Christ in you, you've got the hope of glory. You're living for eternity. I want you to do some maths with me. I don't know how good you are at maths. I was never that brilliant, but let's try it. Let's try it. Okay. Let's say God gives somebody here 85 years. I want you to take 85 years, and I want you to put that on the top of the equation, and under the line, I want you to put eternity. I want to create a fraction here. Your life on earth, okay, let's say 85. Let's be kind here. 85, 10 extra years that the Bible promises. You know, 85 and then over eternity. And let's turn it into a percentage. We're multiplied by 100 over 1. That's how we turn it into a percentage, isn't it? And what do we get? What do we get? Infinitely small infinitely small there's going to be a moment when we wake up and God wants us to wake up even this morning as we've studied the book of Revelation he's wanting to wake his people up and say your life on earth as Rick Warren says is a temporary assignment it's just a dress rehearsal for the real thing eternity where we're going to live forever and ever and ever where my moles are going to be removed I will be handsome in heaven I'll be getting a new body I will never get sick. I will never die. I will never be tempted to do anything wrong. There'll be no presence. It said that everything that's accursed, it's said here in these verses, is going to be removed from eternity. Think about that. Everything that's part of a fall, the fall of Satan and the fall of man, everything that's accursed, every temptation, every suffering, every pain, every tear, everything is going to be removed Banished outside the gates of where we're going. So don't get too attached to here. Really hear that. Don't get too attached to here. Because it's not where you're going to spend an infinite amount of time. This is just a temporary assignment. Hallelujah. I hope that encourages you this morning. It really encourages me. Live and invest 
in eternity. Now, it's just something I need to do very quickly. I do need to do it quickly. So you need to respond quickly to this, okay? No messing about. Just get up here as quickly as you can. Right? I want someone who'd like to be a, a great angel. Anybody? Great angel, anybody? Great angel. Have to be very quick. Let's take too long. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the worship this morning. It's all my favorite old songs. Thank you. <laughs> I really mean that, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes I go to a, a different church, a new church, and I don't understand any of the songs or any of the lyrics even. And at the end of it, I think, oh, I've just about learned one or two of them. But you were brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay, anybody want to be Adam? Or Eve? You're Adam, yeah? <laughs> All right. Uh, we can have an Eve if you like as well. No one wants to be your Eve. Okay. <laughs> Don't take it personally. Uh, uh, Abraham, anybody? Or Noah? Or any of those characters? Quick, run forward. I'll give you a job. Just come. I'll give you a job, okay? I'll give you a job. Yeah, you can build an ark. Yeah. Anybody else want to come forward? Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, come on. You can found a nation. Yeah, you can be Abraham. Yeah. Anybody else? You get the good jobs if you quickly volunteer someone else come on come on run forward i'll give you a job give you a job okay yeah lovely come on where are the women in this church anyway here we go here we go oh well, let's jump forward from now uh, uh, a long long way you can be job okay let's get... <laughs> it's not that far forward actually job's quite an old book next some more people some more people come on come on come on come on let's get up here lovely lovely thank you very much we've got deborah there right anybody else coming anybody else coming Anybody else coming? Yeah, thank you very much. Yes. You can be Mary, <laughs> mother of Jesus. There you go. There you go. Anybody else going to come forward? Anybody else going to come forward? Uh, I need a guy somewhere. One of the guys. Come on, come on, come on. Sai, you'd be a good one for this. You've done this before. You can be crucified. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's a good experience for a church leader. <laughs> uh, let's go on. Let's go on. Anybody else? Anybody else want to be somebody very famous? Uh, uh, come on. Yeah. It's somebody here. Yeah. Come on. Be. Yeah. You can be Constantine. Change the whole course of history in the fourth century. Okay. And uh, they want someone who can ride a camel. Anybody can ride a camel? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, so here we go. Yeah, yeah. Here we've got uh, Muhammad. And, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, let's just keep pouring for I can give you a job. I can give you a job. I can give you a, another job. Uh, somebody, quickly, come and join me. What's, uh, sorry, what's happened to your church? They've all gone shy on me. Oh, yeah, come on forward, come on forward. Tony Blair. Yeah, Tony Blair. <laughs> yeah, Tony Blair. Any, anybody else? Anybody else going to come up here? I can give you a good job here. Yeah. Okay, and and uh, and now we're coming into the forward. Now we've got the Antichrist here. <laughs> okay, and anybody else coming forward? I can give you a good job. I can give you a really good job. Let's let's go carry on here. Let me just give you the other figures. I mean, before these, this angel right at the beginning. I'm trying to demonstrate something, right? This angel right at the beginning is Lucifer. He falls, <laughs> and and he tempts Adam. Uh, and, and Eve, and, and, and they fall in the garden, and then we go through, we get the ark built, we, get, we go through all this history, there's so many more things, all this history, due to the crucifixion of Christ, which the, the ancients were looking forward towards, and the prophets were trying to search out as they prophesied about the coming of Christ, giving us all those prophecies about the coming of Christ, and then we're in the church age, and um, there's, there's a very significant one missing actually, we should have had uh, Israel in here, the establishment of Israel's own land, very significant thing in the history of mankind and in the coming of Christ. 
the second coming of Christ. Okay, but we could put more events in here right up to the time when the, the man of lawlessness arises and starts to deceive the world and we get the return of Christ. You could have been the return of Christ, you see. And then you get the, the judgment of the nations and then you get, uh, you get eternity with Christ. Where is God? Well, God's sitting in the PA desk. I knew he'd like that. <laughs> and, and God, it's important to understand this concept, to understand revelation. In the same viewing, in the same twinkling moment, God sees the fall of Lucifer. He sees Adam. He sees Noah. He goes right through. He sees his own son on the cross. He sees you sat in here in history. This moment, he's looking at it right at this moment. And he sees the rise of the man of lawlessness. And he sees the final judgment. And he sees the eternal dwelling in one viewing. For us, we're like a train on a journey. For us, we're trying to read the signs, things that happen in history. What's happening? Is Christ coming soon? When's he coming? Oh, is, is this president the, you know, the man of lawlessness? What's happening here? What's going on? Is Trump the man? You know, it's sort of, we're trying to interpret history. There's something that you do that God never does. He never watches the 10 o'clock news. He has no need to. He's seen the whole thing in one viewing, like the man on the PA desk. He can see the whole picture. Hallelujah. That's why he keeps saying, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God sees your tiny situation. And he sees the context of the whole of history. Please take your seats. That's, that's really wonderful. The book of Revelation is a, is a very good sermon. It's a letter. It's read. The whole thing is read. And I love it because in the first chapter up to verse 9, we get the simpleton's version. Lo, I'm coming soon. Every eye will see me, even those that pierce me. <laughs> and then a picture of Jesus. That's for the simpletons, like me and Simon. We read that. We know now what the book's about. So like a good sermon, you tell them what you're going to tell them. That's what Revelation does. It tells you what you're going to tell them. The simple story is Christ is coming and it's soon. And everyone's going to see him. And the center of history is Jesus. And then at the end, in the last chapter, we get the same thing again. For people like me and Simon, from verse 6 onwards, he says, Look, what I'm saying is I'm coming again soon. I know it feels like a long time because you're caught in the line of history. But for me, it's just in one moment, I'm seeing everything. He's coming soon. You might think, that's a lie. He didn't come soon. It does if you're sat there that soon. Because <laughs> soon is a view of the whole of history in one second. Do you get it? Are you getting the point? He is coming soon. To him, it's very soon. But he's delaying the day. Actually says that at the end of 2 Peter, so that more people might come to know Christ, and so that every nation and people group might come have representatives in the great worship hall of God when he comes again. So that actually, yes, he is coming soon. And and at the end of the book we get that time. And then all through the book, again and again and again, with, with seven scrolls, seven angels, seven trumpets, seven bowls of God's wrath, seven, I'm coming suddenly, says that seven times. I'm coming not soon, I'm coming suddenly, says that seven times. 
in the book of Revelation. There's all these sevens, seven, the, 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 the thing of perfection. In other words, it's going to happen. Let me tell you it this way. 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 Look, at the end, it's going to happen. And in the middle of the book, which would be in keeping with the writings of that time, in the book of Revelation, chapters 11 through to chapter 13, you get a summary of the whole story from there to there. Chapters 11 to 13 takes us from the fall of Lucifer right through to us being in heaven, on the new heaven and new earth, with the presence of the Lord being our sun and our light. Chapters 11 to 13 is a summary of the whole thing. The story of the whole thing in one brief summary. There's some things you need to know about this second coming. Okay, number one. Number one. On the second slide. Uh, God has stopped watching. <laughs> there, is, there is continuity, okay? There's continuity. Oh, I do love this point. It's one of my favorite points of all of the points. There's continuity. You are not going to spend eternity in a disembodied spirit, sit as a disembodied spirit, sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp, singing songs. You are not. It tells us quite clearly there's a city, there's a tree, there's a river. If you go to John 14, John 14, which is John again, of course, John 14 makes it very, very clear. The disciples there, worried, disturbed, at a very difficult point of their life as they're listening to the disturbing things that Jesus is saying. Jesus says to them, what does he say to them? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have not told you this. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And all the words in these verses are physical, physical words. Physical home, a physical house, a physical place for you to live. So that you might be together with me, Jesus is saying. You know me now, you're going to know me fully in the new heaven and the new earth. There's continuity between this life and the next life. And that continuity is a beautiful thing. It also tells us in that, in that continuity that there's going to be a new heaven and new earth. We read that in chapter 21. Jesus said about the rewards for good stewardship on this earth. Luke 19, rulers over cities. There'll be people who are in charge of other people, but there'll be no sin. There'll be no, none of that sort of ungodly ambition. There'll be none of that in eternity, but there will be a beautiful world. If you, live in our, if you read Isaiah 65, you read about a physical existence in the new heaven and the new earth. I think this is great. We're going to explore for the whole of eternity. It's going to be with a totally renewed mind. Those subjects you failed at, you will now pass with an A star. You'll actually be intelligent. There. I mean, I know some of you are struggling with that, but you will be intelligent in the new heaven and new earth. And you'll understand things and you'll grasp things. And you'll say, wow, on earth, I didn't understand that at all. But now in the new heaven and new earth, I have got it. I can do any chemistry I like. I knew that would be the worst subject to choose. Yes, that's the one. 
2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to 13. Listen to this. There's continuity even within Scripture itself. Revelation isn't the only book about eternity. Jesus spoke about it. The prophets spoke about it. The ancients longed for it and looked for a city, looked for a country in eternity. Moses embraced Christ even though Christ was invisible. How wonderful. And that's the sort of heart that, uh, that God wants us to have. So in 2 Peter... Just read this with me because it's, uh, it really sums it up uh, in ferocious words <laughs> that you will not forget. In 2 uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 10 to 13, just giving you a snippet of what it says here. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on them will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies, the planets, will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we're waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We're going to a physical place. Hallelujah, I'm encouraged by that. I'm looking forward to that with no worries. No pain, no suffering, no sin, no temptation. How wonderful. We could read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42 to 58, which talks about our bodies here being so mortal and so weak and limited. Don't you feel that sometimes? As you get older, you feel that start to feel the limits of your physicality. And even of your memory, and even of your speech, and even getting all the names jumbled up, you start to realize the, you realize the, the limits that are on you as, as physical human beings. In that place, we get new bodies, we get new brains, we get new tongues, we get new sight. Hallelujah. You imagine the people listening to this. You imagine people listening to this in lands where they're suffering now. You imagine people listening to this who are struggling with sickness. You imagine how they're feeling when they hear this book read to them. Come, Lord Jesus. Isn't that what they'd say? Come, Lord Jesus. Let's not get comfortable on earth. Let's not get comfortable on earth. Because there's an eternity that's worth far more. The second thing, I could say much more, but I'm not going to, as you can imagine. I'm not going to. Uh, The second point is there's a great comfort That's a good word. There's a great comfort in these words. Coming with fortification. That's what it means, literally. Coming with fortification. It comes to people of failing hearts and gives them their defense in the age in which they live. When they encourage each other with these words, they feel strengthened. And all these words, even the words of judgment, you see, what people are crying in places where they're being treated wrongly is justice. We want justice. Why do the wicked go unpunished? Do you know what? They don't. They don't. Every wrong will be put right Every right will be rewarded. So don't giving up what it, don't give up doing what is right and give up what is wrong. 
Because wrong will be punished. And it says in these verses, wrong will be banished from our eternal dwelling. See, when we enter heaven, we go through a filter. 1 Corinthians tells us all about it. We go through fire. What we've built will be tested. What is wood, hay, straw, stubble was going to go, it'll be gone. And there'll be a smell of burning. And some people will even enter heaven with nothing to throw at the feet of Jesus. Others will enter heaven with much to throw at the feet of Jesus. Because that's what the rewards are for, to throw at the feet of Jesus. So a comfort that there's going to be justice. And I don't need to take vengeance on anybody because God is going to. There's a story. I know this story because I was there and I talked to the person firsthand, not secondhand. This person had been on, but I can't give the detail, I'd be wrong. This person's mother had been terribly mistreated when they were a child. They had watched the mistreatment. I'm talking about let your mind go as far as it could go. That's the sort of mistreatment their mother got. It filled the young boy with anger, vengeance, revenge. He wanted to murder the people that had done that. And they were still living when he was a teenager. And he wanted to go and kill them. And I sat with him, with another African pastor. And we shared together about hell. We shared together about God's punishment. At the end of the conversation, he was weeping. And he said, I need to pray that those people repent before they go to eternity. He'd got the point. Our judgment here is just tiny compared to God's judgment on sin. God hates sin and he's going to burn it up in eternity. So don't bother with taking vengeance and being angry with people. You don't need to be. Pray that they'll repent because when they face God, it's going to be far worse than anything you could do. But that's a comfort to those who suffer injustice all over this planet. Number three. There's a commendation. Number three, there's a commendation. There are rewards. Verses 12 to 14, we read it together. It said, behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I'm going to repay each one, says Jesus, for what he has done. In 1 Corinthians 3, let's, I've referred to it, let's read it. 1 Corinthians 3 Verses 10 to 15. It's worth reading. It's worth reading often. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10 to 13. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, says Paul, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be manifest for the day, that is the day of the Lord, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. 
If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. There's assurance and warning in the same verses. Paul, at the end of his life, wrote to Timothy. And he finishes almost by by saying, I've fought the fight. I've run the race. Now there's waiting for me a crown of righteousness. It's a beautiful picture. The picture is of an athlete that's gone to the Olympics. He's running the games. And he's won. And he's coming back. And as he runs through his village gate, and into all the villagers are waiting with flowers and garlands and food and celebration and music. As he runs through the gate, they all throw wreaths upon him and they all cheer him and clap him. And he's coming in and they're singing, yeah, oh, when the saints go marching in, they're all cheering him into the village. They probably weren't singing that, by the way, but it's just an idea. It's just, <laughs> that's what's going to, that's what Paul says. I'm waiting for the moment when I run through heaven's gate. And the whole of heaven is going, yeah, he's here. Are you looking forward to that moment? Are you looking forward to that moment? Hallelujah. Look forward to it. Because it will motivate you to follow Christ when things are not good. When you're struggling to remember you're going to run through the gate. The garlands are going to be thrown. The praise is going to erupt. You'll be drowned in the clamor of people just welcoming you through the gates of heaven as you enter eternity. That's the picture that's here. There's a reward. Finally, there's a consummation. It is going to end. Whether it ends in death on earth or the second coming of Christ, it is going to end. There is a full stop on history as we know it. And there is going to be a new chapter opened. The chapter of eternity. Read verse 6. Let's read some of these verses. Verse 6, chapter 22. It says, and he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, don't doubt about this. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel. The last angel, actually. The last angel of the bowls of wrath. In other words, that's the end now. That's all happened. We've had the scrolls. We've had the trumpets. We've, we've had the, the bowls of wrath. Now, the last angel, come here. Let's announce what's going to happen next. After this full stop on history, has sent his angel to show his servants what must now take place. Then verse 7. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps these words. Verse 12. Behold, I'm coming soon. And then verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And so on. And then verse 20, as if to say, just in case there's some really thick people here, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Got it? Got it? I'm coming soon. And one of the reasons I love that song that I played at the beginning is because it ends, do you notice it ends almost in the middle of a bar? The music goes, because it's representing the return of Christ. Because what it also means, the same word for soon could also be interpreted is coming suddenly. In the twinkling of an eye. When you don't expect it. Could be now. Could be now. I won't do this this morning, but uh, because we've run out of time. But what I love to do at this point is to get you all standing on your chairs. And we all have a jump. We say, well, if he came in the next half second and I've jumped up. 
I could save the angels having to lift me another yard because I'd already be up, gone, you see. On your chair, that's quite difficult to do, isn't it? So yeah, we might, some might join him there and then, you know. As they bang their head on the floor. So, so, he's coming soon. Hey, we're there. And God wants to live waiting for his arrival. It could happen before you get out that door. It could happen before you get your coffee. The Sunday lunch won't burn because the water will be burnt. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the expectation. I'm coming soon. It's happening quicker than you could expect, like a thief in the night, in the hour you don't expect. I've got one reading and one story, and I'm finished. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. We cannot do this last chapter without reading this. 1 Thessalonians 4. A passage, if I can find 1 Thessalonians. I know it's in here. I've been there before. Ah. There it is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Listen to these words. When it says asleep here, it's talking about people who've died. Because death for us is like sleeping. We're going to be with the Lord. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep or have died. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died, fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, again, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of his archangel, and with and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other. With these words. There's nothing more encouraging than to know Christ is coming. As I said in the great long line, soon from his perspective, as he sees the whole thing. There's a great story that I read. In 1952, a lady called Florence Chadwick stepped into the waters of the Pacific Ocean off Catalina Island to swim to the mainland. Bear in mind, she was the first woman to swim the channel, both directions, the English channel, both directions. And this woman's going to attempt this enormous feat. She starts off the journey, and her family and friends are in a boat, encouraging her along the way. They hit heavy seas, thick fog, pouring rain. The family are cheering her. She's fading. She's in the water. And she says to her family, she's saying, please, take me out. I can't make it. I'm going to drown. It's too much. And her mum is saying to her, no, Florence, it's not far now. You'll soon be there. Just keep going. You can make it. She's saying, and then in the end she gave it and said, I can't make it. Get me out of this sea. So the people in the boat pulled her in. She lie just absolutely exhausted in the bottom of the boat. And five minutes later, they hit the beach where she'd been swimming to get to. She said, when interviewed later, 
all I could see, this is for somebody here, maybe more than one, many of us actually, all I could see was the fog, the rain, and the storm. If only I could have seen the shore, I'd have made it. Let's pray. I don't know what your storm is. I don't know what your fog is. I don't know what it is that you're struggling with. Maybe even with yourself. Maybe you're that person with the overwhelmed with temptation. The shore is close. With Christ's help, we can make it. Romans 8 says, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. In the same chapter, it says Christ ever lives to make intercession for us. It says the Holy Spirit groans for you, directed by the Father. Keep your eyes on the goal. The city of our God. The home of righteousness. The water of life. The tree of life. The healing of the nations. The consummation of history. By the Lord of history. I need him. Maybe you'll join me in this prayer if you do. Just raise, I'm not looking. This is not for me, it's for the Lord. If this morning your heart is crying out, just lift your hands to him. I'm going to pray for us. I'm lifting my hands for me. I'm not, not looking at you. I know what I need. If you need him this morning to remind you and keep you through the storm. Jesus, you know the storm I'm in. You know my struggles. You know my pain. You know my discouragements and my disappointments. I thank you that you love me with an everlasting love. Take me to the shore safely by the power of your praying and the power of your spirit. Help me to invest in eternity. Not to be too connected to this world. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. Just take a moment before we finish. God bless you. God make his face shine upon you. God give you his joy. God give you the strength. You were made to be with him. And he is with you. He promised I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. Even when you let go, he doesn't let go. 
Jesus. Be blessed by these words in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon from Christ Church Hailsham. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.christchurchhailsham.org.